Lucci Show, episode 65. We are here in my living room on the Upper East Side. It's a muggy evening here. I just turned the air conditioning off to record our podcast Fact of the day, the crown jewels are, contain two of the largest diamonds on earth. Can you guess how big one of these diamonds are? Okay, time's up. Over 3,100 carats. It's, it's a stone that was found in South Africa in 1905, and it, a diamond, and it's called the Great Star of Africa. It's like the, 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 to- and the total amount, of course, once I saw this fact, I was like, I wonder how much the entire crown jewels set is worth. $4 billion. The crown itself, the crown Queen Elizabeth wears, you know, the one you see occasionally, that, the, just the crown is worth $39 million. It's like, what the hell are you doing with this stuff? I got a great idea. Instead of making British people pay so much in taxes, why don't, oh, I don't know. How about you cash this shit in, you invest the money, and then use the dividends, distribute the dividends to all of the poor people across the UK and let them live, try to live comfortable lives. How about that? I think that's a good idea. Anyway. They're so fancy over there, you know? I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't like to have a collection of crown jewels. In fact, I love collecting jewelry. I do. I love I love getting jewelry as gifts or buying it for myself, and I do. Every Christmas, I buy myself a little piece of jewelry, um, you know, because I, I want to have something to pass down to my daughters. You know, like, I, I'm really into uh, those sort of things. So, anyway, anywho, how is your week my week, oh, God, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time. And it's been busy. I've been busy. I Last week, I I had so many shows. I was out practically every night of the week. And, you know, for those of you who, uh, if you follow me on Instagram or on TikTok, and if you see that I'm out, you're probably like, how is this woman even a mother? How the hell does she work, have kids? And I'll tell you how. I go out, and this, I'm also saying this, if my own mother's listening, which I know she's not, but I go out after my kids go to sleep. So... My ex and I, we have joint custody. And I get this question a lot, so, you know, why not answer? But we have joint custody, and uh, we used to do two days with me, two days with him, and then every other weekend. But now, because the pandemic, we're doing one week with me, one week with him, just because the school schedule is chaotic, and we just need to keep everything sort of um, as easy as possible. So on the on the weeks, obviously, that, and when the kids are with him, obviously, you know, I'm a free agent. But when, uh, and I'm so lucky, I've said this before, I'm so lucky because cause he supports this thing. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't support it. But, um, but when they're with me, when my children are with me, I usually go out and do stand-up, you know, after they go to sleep. So, you know, I have dinner with them. Um, you know, I put them to bed 7, 7.30, and then I'm usually out at 8 somewhere doing a show. And look, this shit's exhausting. It is exhausting, but I love it. I love doing it. But F- FYI, for the record, so last week I had so many shows, um, and uh, I, I had a, a two big shows out in Long Island at Governor's, and thank you to anybody that, ha- that that's listening and came out. They were so much fun. The first show, we had a 7 o'clock show at Brokerage, uh, at Brokerage in um, Belmore, and it's owned by the same people that own Governor's. But uh, it's, we had a 7 o'clock show sold out, a 9.30 show that was not sold out, but it was both crowds were amazing. Honestly, I don't even know which show is better. I think they were both the same. And it's just so nice to meet people that are supportive. And again, if you're listening, and I feel like I know who you are if you're listening, thank you for coming. It's, you know, and I, I think I said this to a couple girls. There was a group of sisters, the Colombo sisters. Hi, if you're listening. But, you know, that came 
And, um, you know, and I was saying to them, you know, my family, they're not, my family's not supportive. My ex-husband's supportive of my stand-up. My boyfriend is supportive of my stand-up. My, um, I have uh, one of my, my younger sister, I have two sisters. My youngest, my youngest sister is supportive, but maybe my, my middle sister is supportive, but nah, I don't know so much. But no, what? No, I don't have really a lot of people that's supporting. My friends think I'm crazy. It's like an unspoken thing. My girlfriends, my best friends from home. I mean, everybody's busy with their lives, with their kids, so I can't expect my friends to come out and see me. I don't expect that because it's because I know how it is to have kids and work, and it's crazy. But um, but it, we don't really talk about it. I don't really have a lot of support, so I'm so appreciative of every anybody that is supporting me on this journey. Um, you have no idea because, you know, it's so funny. Like, the, the – and actually, I was going to say this later, but I'll say it now – the difference between support and no support is is almost could be make or break for so many people, right? Like, um, I used to do a lot of volunteering when I was younger, and uh, some of the, the 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 kids that were you know from lower lower income families, their families were uh, more negative, you know, about hobbies that they did or things that they were interested in, just for whatever reason. For whatever reason, when you're when you have a lower socioeconomic status, for some reason, I guess the the, the Things are more uh, about the very the bottom line, having a job, having money, having the roof over the head, having the food, and not and not maybe doing these extracurricular activities or out having outside hobbies. And and it, I saw firsthand as volunteering for some of these kids, make it was make or break, make or break. The support was make or break. And you know you could have had somebody that was such a talented artist, such a talented uh, you know calligrapher, for example. And yet if someone's saying, no, no, I'm just, you know, go get a job in the union, you know, come on. You know, you never know what you could be missing out on. And it's funny because just in the New York Times, um, I have it in front of me in the business section, this weekend's business section, on uh, the cover is um, a story about Goldbelly. We talked about Goldbelly, goldbelly.com on the podcast in the past. And that's that, it's awesome. It's a, it's a, a website where you can order... Uh, you can order the most popular items from various restaurants or or, or uh, food items from various restaurants or catering places from around the country and have them delivered. So, for example, my mother loves deep dish Chicago pizza, so I got that for her a couple times. Um, and uh, I, I had also got that actually for myself, delicious Lou Malinati's. I know I also talked about that. But go, so, and I could just imagine, you could just imagine this, right? Some and by the way, I think it's a couple. It's a man. Let me see. The guy, his name is Joel Ariel. But I and I rem, I read an article about the couple, uh, maybe a year or two ago when they started this thing. And I'm pretty sure it, it, it was a married couple. But you could just imagine it. You're sitting around Christmas dinner and you're saying to somebody, "Oh, I have a great idea for a business." And you know, your grandmother or grandfather are like, "What is it?" And you're like, "You know, I'm gonna build the website and I'm gonna ship out the most popular items from restaurants and have them delivered to anybody that wants to order them all across the country." It sounds like there's such lo- so many logistics involved, so much deal making, an e-commerce website that you know, so, and then that's just that's the way my mind is working, but. But just even the idea, you could just imagine somebody saying, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Everybody loves to have an opinion. It's so funny. Everybody loves to have an opinion. But, but then could, can they actually ha- do the work? Can they take the ride um, if it was themselves? So, you know, it's the Goldbelly. And, and by the way, Goldbelly is wildly successful. And why they're on the cover of the business section of the Times this weekend is because they just got $100 million $100 million in new funding 
because their business was so popular during the pandemic. Um, and of course, you know, when times are tough, food acts as a luxury. Food's comforting. And, you know, if you have to get somebody a gift, and we're, of course we're in the middle of a pandemic, what are you going to do? You said, yeah, how nice it would be. Send them their favorite ice cream from the Ben and Jerry's factory or something, right? But send them their favorite cheesecake. But but the point the point is is that uh, the support is just so important. I mean, the, of of people because so many people have wild ideas and uh, well, I should say everybody has ideas and some of them are great and some of them are wild and in my in my experience and um, all ideas can come to fruition and I really believe that all ideas can be successful whether it's in my vein performing or um, or in, in in business ideas and if you have that support, you know. I mean, you look at, uh, in terms of performing, you look at some of these these pop pop stars now, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, they had their parents behind them. Now, was it the kid's choice? That's another thing. But then you watch Shark Tank. You watch Shark Tank, right? And they have the, sometimes the little kids on Shark Tank. And you see the parents, they're such champions for their kids becoming entrepreneurs, and they teach them. And um, I think it's easier said than done, but... A lot of people just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why sometimes the families aren't supportive. I really don't know, but it sucks. Um, so I'm so appreciative of the support. And, you know, it's a journey. What I'm doing, the stand-up thing, is a journey. You know, at, do, do, am I thinking about writing a sitcom based on my, my life being mar- having been married to somebody British with the British kids living in this fancy neighborhood, being a middle-class girl? Yes. Do I love the idea of a talk, having a talk show? And, you know, in sort of the 10 a.m., uh, 11 a.m. time slot during the weekday. Yes, I love that. I love these ideas. And I'm trying to figure out ways to do them, right? And I, and I, and I write all the time. But they're so, but 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 it's, it's a, this is a journey. It's such a journey. And um, when you already have an established family, job, education, people are like, why the hell? What, was this like girl having a midlife crisis here? What is she trying to do? And it's like, no, I'm just going to, you only live once. And I don't want to be 85 years old and wake up and be like, oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but I didn't, you know? So I don't know. But it is the journey in the sense that, uh, especially something like stand-up, you know, you don't you don't wake up one day and start doing stands up and you you're hilarious like Seinfeld or Louis C.K. You know, I mean, you, it's you you just chip away at it, and with each uh, set and each uh, repetition of the set and the performance and and trying to work a crowd and um and and do your jokes for a crowd. I mean, get you one step closer towards being more polished. So it, it's a journey, and that's a long way to say thank you, thank you. Um. On the note of businesses, on the note of businesses, so um, one of the, the people who came to my show has a company, a beauty company, and uh, she started, a, made the serum herself, and she said she sold, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of bottles, hundreds of bottles on her own, but it was only word of mouth. So I said to her, I said, you got to have a website, and, you know, that's what I do full time, and um uh, and, and, you know, so she, I said, oh, I'll send you some links. And I just wanted to share the information here. If anyone has an idea for a business and you want to build a website, you don't know where to start, or you have no, um, you just, you just, you're like, I want to make a website and I kind of know a guy that builds websites, but do I really want to use him? I don't know. You know, it, it, there are so many, I've been building websites for the last 20 years. There are so many, and it's so funny because my personal website 
I have the EliseDeLucciShow.com, which I recently redid. Is the branding spot on? I don't know. But my real website, Elise Delucci, it's old. I haven't touched it because it's like, you know, it's like the, 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 the shoemaker or whatever. The kids have no shoes. But I, and so I'm working on it. But it's so much easier to make a website today, turnkey ways to make a website. So let me, I just wanted to share the information. And I'm, I apologize if you already know this because a lot of people do know this. But you know, if you want to make a website, you could... You have to go to GoDaddy.com, you buy a URL, right? And you also want to, you have to buy a host, a hosting package with GoDaddy. So you'd want to buy, pick your URL, it'll be $12.99 a year. Then you want to buy a hosting package because your website, you want them, you want it to be hosted on GoDaddy. When you're going to check out with GoDaddy, okay, I need to say this. They are going to offer you everything in the kitchen sink. They're going to offer you everything. It's the protection, this, this, that, and that. You don't need any of it. You'd say no to all of it. And by the way, I recommend GoDaddy for these things because they have amazing customer support. This and I, this isn't an ad. This is a n- nothing. I've been using them forever. Anytime I've had any problem with any website, URL based or host based. Um, that I used GoDaddy hosting. They have helped me. I've even had websites not hosted on GoDaddy, and they have also helped me. Um, they, they are, their customer service is just great. Mm. It's like the Nordstrom model. Like, you know, they return everything. They don't even ask you for a receipt. Because they know that if they're helpful to you, GoDaddy, then you'll eventually do business with them. And, and they're inexpensive. So, okay, so you need to buy the URL. You need to uh, use... GoDaddy for hosting. Now, if you don't, if you, if that's already a lot and you don't know what to do, you can say to GoDaddy, you can say, I want to build a website and I don't know who to get to do it or whatever. And they'll say, we could do it for you. And the price that GoDaddy is going to give you, you know, might be around, I don't know, $1,000, $2,000, but it's expensive and you can get it done cheaper, but they do have services that'll build out a website. So you would say, if you're selling, like this woman, if she sell, she's selling her, her serum, you know, she would say, I, I want to sell, I want to, I want to sell my, my, my beauty products on this website, on my own website. So you would say, I want to have an e-commerce website, right? If you don't want to do go through GoDaddy, you can go to Shopify.com. Okay, Shopify, you can make a website. That's an e-commerce platform. You can make a website right on there. Um, but you can use, you can go to sites like Upwork, and this is what I told uh, the woman, is Upwork.com. It's, it's you know, it's, it's hire a contractor. All you do is you hire a web developer, you know, and you put your price in, you write a little job description, you put your price in, you know, I want to spend $300, whatever, and you get somebody to do it. Most often you're going to find, you're going to get somebody that's overseas, but that's fine. I have a web developer I've been using. He's in Albania. Albania. I've been using him for over a decade and he's fabulous and the price is right or whatever, but they make it so easy. So you can use Upwork. Um, there's also Fiverr. The quality on Fiverr, it, to me, is subpar. In, in some areas, they started as a $5 projects. They used to do logos and stuff for $5, and then they expanded, charging more than $5, and they also uh, started doing other things, web design, branding, da-da-da. But um, the quality of a uh, of Fiverr is is less than Upwork. And just so you know, I've been at major companies where uh, Fortune 500 companies where we've where we've had a budget for Upwork. I mean, so the designers are on there. Everybody's good. It's great. And um, if you want to, another thing, another good resource to check out is if you if you want to build your website, I recommend using WordPress as a CMS. 
You could download it for free. But you want to have a theme, right? You want your website to look a certain way, whether it's a content website or it's a shopping website or it's a, a, a news website. You can go to themeforest.net. Themeforest.net, this is a website that's been around forever. And basically, you can buy a theme, a website theme. So you go through all these. They have thousands, tens of thousands of, of, of website themes, right? And you want to pick one of the more popular ones. And uh, you could see what the website looks like and, um, and, and how it functions. And they show you live demos. And then you buy that theme, and it's a piece of code, essentially. And you give that piece of code to your web developer. And you say, and you say okay, hi, web developer. Okay, so let, let, let me back up. So you bought the URL on GoDaddy. You bought your hosting. You 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 now go on Upwork and you hire your web developer. And now you're like, okay, now what the fuck do I do? So you say to your web developer, okay, hey, so I have a URL and I'm host. My website's hosted by GoDaddy, and I have had no dev work done yet. Oh, and I I have a theme. I bought a theme, or I want to buy a theme on Theme Forest. I want a WordPress site. Here's the code, or you could give them your login information. Obviously, change your password at another time um, after they could go and get it, and then that's it, you know. And 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 you tell, and you know, you might have to do pick colors and that kind of thing. You might want to eventually uh, hire somebody that does front end design on um, WordPress, but it's su- it's uh, sorry on Upwork, but it's super easy. And you could just farm out all the work to other people, and it's so much easier than what it used to be. So. Um, and just a note is that website Google right now is ranking websites. They had a big algorithm change in two thousand in May twenty twenty one this month, where uh, they're they're now uh, ranking websites based on um, mobile first, mobile development first versus de- desktop. So when you're looking for a theme or if you're building out a website, you always want to think about you know your your mobile experience before um, the desktop. Anyway, nowadays, anyway. TED Talk over, but I just felt like I should say it. I, you know, sometimes we have this information, and it's it's uh, you know, why well, some, you know, you never know who it could help. When I went to, um, I did executive education at Harvard Business School, and the best exercise that I had at Harvard Business School. Let me tell you what it was, and then I promise the TED Talk is over. This is, but this is great. The the teacher, one of the teachers, he uh, did this exercise, and he he put. All of the class, he, he broke up the class into groups of six. And each group of six got received um, a post-it and a bag. And everyone, each one of the, each of the six people, you know, in the, in the group, wrote down one thing that they really want to do professionally, like whether it's um, how to negotiate a raise or, oh, I want to build a website or, oh, I want to become a TV anchor, whatever it is. They wrote this down on the post-it and they and nobody told anybody what they were writing down. They put it in the bag and then we shook, the, the group of six, we shook up the bag and then we pulled out the post-its one by one and we read them out loud in the group of six and we said, and the exercise was, you know, who can help me with this? And the, and basically the the... The, the game and the exercise is, you know, out of, you know, it's almost like six degrees of separation, six people out of one, you know, one person out of six is, is, is statistically, um, you have, you have a very high statistical chance of having that, someone in the group of six being able to help fulfill or have your need, your want, or have a c- proper connection to get you to where you want to go, right? And it was the best exercise. And what I took away from that was just that, we all have this like 
knowledge or people we know or things that we know how to do and other people, your neighbor could be, you know, racking her brain. Why not just tell her and vice versa, you know? Anyway, okay, TED Talk over. So, um, you know, I was really missing family life the other day. I was, like, having having a moment. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm, I, can I say I'm happily divorced? I don't know. I mean, look, my husband, my ex-husband and I, we, we fought a lot because of cultural things and, you know, and I was working so much. But, like, I, my, my kids are young, you know, and, um, and I had them close. I had my daughters 17 months apart. They're young. And they were young when I got divorced, and they're still young. And, you know, sometimes I, I'm walking around, and I'm just, like, look at other families, and I'm just like, fuck, like, I really, I like, I miss that. Like, I miss, like, having, like, you know, mom and dad, you know, going to the park and doing things. And, and, and you know, because even though I have a great companion now, he's a, it's, it's not, it'll never be like their father, you know, and it's different. You know, you're not sharing expenses or whatever. But I really missed family life. I, um, I just, you know, I, you know, and then I was talking to a girlfriend and she's like, well... She's like, you know, your boyfriend also has never been married and he doesn't have kids. And I said, yeah, you're right. And she's like, so maybe it's better to date somebody that has kids, you know? And, you know, we got into the whole conversation. But it's like, is it? Is it better to date? If you are a single mother, so let's talk about If you're a single mother, a single father, you're listening to this. And is it better to date somebody with kids or without kids? Because here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. If you're dating somebody with kids, you you know, you there's very high odds that you're going to be dealing with a crazy ex or some alimony or child support situation. And of, and you're definitely going to have to be, you're going to be involved in the um, scheduling, you know, the, when you're going to be able to see the person, not see them, whatever. So you have that. And, you know, and then if you have that on your end as the single parent, you know, making the decision, should you date now? You know, then it's two things, two things to juggle. So there's like that side of it. And then I said to my girlfriend, but then if you date a bachelor or a bachelorette, never married, no kids, you know, that all that stuff goes away. You don't have to deal with the drama, but you have to deal with other stuff like them not knowing, you know, how how you need to have things scheduled out or them not knowing maybe the, those, the little things that make a big difference in a relationship, like, you know, showing up with a surprise piece of cheesecake. I mean, God forbid, really, could I, I tell my boyfriend I have a stressed out day. I mean, you know, you know what he should do? He should be, he should be ringing my bell at eight o'clock with a slice of cheesecake from ShopRite, you know, because that would make all the difference, but he doesn't know that because he hasn't been married and he hasn't had a wife to train him, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, so it's like, I think that the, the pros and the cons to both, but, but the net net is that nobody's going to be like the father or the mother, you know, and it, and, and I do, I miss it. You know, my ex and I, we had, um, we had a nice life together. We, you know, we, we, we worked hard to build the life. We really, really worked hard to build the life. We no none of us would handed anything. Um, we both worked hard in the business world. You know, we, we. We had an apartment. We had an apartment together. We had a a, a, a place outside the city. We we it was we did we're not com- we were not wealthy. We were not rich, but we were comfortable. Uh, we got to a place of being comfortable um, financially, and uh, and and you know, and we had two beautiful kids. But we just fought all the time. Like British and Italian is just too. It, it, they are just too, so opposite. We both 
tried to bend and give, but I don't know. Like, you know, and it's, look, I eat a lot. He drinks a lot, you know? When I'm mad, I'm yelling. He's quiet and storms away. You know, like, I, I, I could get mad and, and, and be crazy and, you know, be like a, a fire. And then in, in five minutes later, I'm like, I'm over it. Whereas, you know, he will, you know, fight and fight and fight and fight and not let it go. And, and you know, oh, the hours, horrific. But, um... Yeah, you know, it was like those sort of things that just built up over time. And um, I don't know. I definitely, I, I definitely go, I'm going through some moments sometime of, uh, of, of missing it. And I think probably it has to do with the pandemic and being stuck inside. And it also probably has to do with the fact that his girlfriend, okay, who is not married and has no interest in being married and no interest in having kids. He's just going on vacations with her all the time. And it's like, okay, Daddy Warbucks, if you're so rich going on vacations, why don't you get, why don't you hook up the mother of your children with some cash and let me take the kid to Aruba for a weekend or something? You know, or, or stop rubbing it in my face. I, I don't know. But anyway, anyway, on the money note, um, also in the New York Times. I feel like some, I, I, I say it a lot, but I read it, and it's so interesting. In the magazine, in the magazine this weekend, you got, you got to read it. I don't even know. I guess it's on the website. The, the majority of the New York Times magazine, what issue is it? I have it in front of me. Um, May 23rd. It's, how, it's, it's, on, it's called How America Spends. Basically what it does is it gives you like eight families, a little brief synopsis on eight families, and it shows you a... Uh, their monthly expenditures uh, broken out, you know, so it's like mortgage, utilities, groceries, clothing, and how much they spend on each month. And they showed different families, you know, obviously from from different sort of uh, income levels. But it's interesting. If you, if I'm always interested in that. I'm always curious to know what people spend their money on because I'm always curious to know who the hell has money to buy these gigantic townhouses and mansions when I go into, you know, some of these neighborhoods. But wait. The, the craziest thing that I that I saw, you'll die. So this one family, right? Not, very nice seeming, not very, very nice family. You know, uh, they I think they're Vietnamese. Uh, I think they were Vietnamese family. They live in San Francisco. The woman's, the wife's a lawyer and, and you know, and the, the husband's a marketing manager. And, uh, you know, and they, they have their bills, their rent and law school loan payments and car payments and internet. So I'm reading their expenses right on this little receipt that the, the New York Times, you know, had this little graphic they have on the page with the family. You know, and I'm reading about the family and they're talking about what they struggle with with money and where they need think they need to save and whatever. They have a line item. Wait, wait for this. They have a line item on their monthly expenditures. You'll die. Compost diapers. Wait, wait for it. $233 a month. First of all, and we all know if you have little kids, if you've had little kids, you know, diapers are expensive, but compost diapers. So I, I was confused. I'm like, is this, I was, you know, how to, how to go to go to the Google. So I'm like, is this reusable diapers? But wait, so then, then she, she talks about it. This girl, the, the wife, the wife, her name is Brittany. Brittany, she gets into it in the little, in the little synopsis of their life. For $233, it, this is a two-month supply. Wait, you're going to die. There's a company. She doesn't say the name of the company. This company, they send you a case of diapers every month. Wait, just just please take. don't eat anything while you're hearing this. They send you a case of diapers each month. 
and then you send them back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh uh-huh. The dirty diapers! And they compost them for you. And it's in a box. You put the dirty diapers in a box, and it's labeled hazardous. And they and the only FedEx could take it. You know, the, the, the U.S. Post can't take it. And because, I don't know, it's a hazard, it's waste, maybe it could fucking explode. But the fact, and this girl, she's just talking about it. She's like, yeah, for us it's worth it because, you know, $233 for two months. You know, it's worth it because we wanted to be environmentally friendly. You are mailing a box of shit and piss <laughs> on a plane. To, on you, you are mail. you are, okay, okay. I don't know what's worse, that you have... <laughs> I don't know what's worth that you have a box of shitty diapers <laughs> laying around your house for a month or two and just just laying there, stinking up the joint, okay? Or the fact that you just pile the shit up, no pun intended, you, you tape up the box and you send it to FedEx and the FedEx man, or wait, or the FedEx man has to pick this up, this heavy box of shit diapers and 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 that probably stinks and has to put it on his truck and then it goes on a plane or whatever the hell it goes just so you could be environmentally friendly now look this is ridiculous i mean i get it this is green to this is going green to another level how about why do, i got a better idea for you Brittany. why don't you go to all of your neighbors in your apartment building and see which of these motherfuckers aren't recycling? Because you know there's people that aren't recycling. You know there's these people that are crushing up their Kirkland water bottles by their hands and shoving them in their hefty bag alongside all their paper towels and, you know, compost, regular kitchen garbage. You know that there's people that aren't recycling. Why don't you campaign, pick it outside their door, get these people to recycle? How about this? Give them an incentive you do it for them. Buy their blue little garbage bags for them. Or go in. Offer your time and services. Please, the mailman doesn't want to pick up a giant box of shit-laden diapers so he could go send them to, like, Wyoming to compost them. Is that not the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? And the best, she, you have to pay for this. <laughs> this isn't a punishment. This is You have to pay for this. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Let me tell you something. When I was married, okay... My in-laws were very into composting, and um, they. But the thing is, is that they lived a different life. They, these people, they lived in Wales, in a tiny village in Wales. In the village that they lived in, all there was was a post office and three pubs and a hair salon, and it probably was a barbershop. There wasn't even like restaurants and shit. I mean, and the my my ex in-laws, after we would eat, they would take their. That we, that we, you know, they would take their dinner plates or, oh, you know, we would, whatever. And we would have to scrape them into this little brown bin that was underneath the sink. Like, so you have underneath the sink, you know, you might have your white garbage can. Like under my sink, I have a white garbage can for my regular garbage. And then I have a blue garbage can for recycling. And I take it out every day. I have garbage on my floor, whatever. So on my floor, meaning my apartment floor, not on my floor, like, you know, in my apartment unit um but but basically they also had another bin and it wasn't a big bin it was a small bin it was like the size of an a, a retro aluminum lunchbox and it had a little handle and so after every meal we would go and we would compost 
scrape the plate into the bin, okay? And and in this little bin would be this little baggie with f- fresh cooked leftovers, remnants of the dinners, whatever. And I, I I guess at the end of the night, I don't know, they took it and they put it outside into something. They would actually use the, I don't even think anybody picked this this shit up. I think that they actually brought it to their allotment, don't ask, which was a piece of land like a few miles from their house where they have a giant garden. You know, I really should be talking about this shit on stage because it's crazy. And did I mention that they drive their horses to the pub and tie them up as if they were a Dodge Grand Caravan? Because that really happens. Anyway. But, you know, that version of composting, there's a sweetness to it. There's a hippiness about it. And also, you're in the middle of nowhere. You're like, the hills are alive at the sounds of music. I get you're going to compost and throw your shit, you know, in the little brown bin and take it, you know, to your garden the next day. Fine. But this, this girl, Brittany at San Francisco, please, you live in a major city. Your husband's probably a marketing manager for Google or something. No, but nobody, nobody wants to pick up your kid's diarrhea diapers okay I mean that's <laughs> just it I mean you know my mother says to me well when I was a baby we didn't even have diapers like you know we had to use cloth diapers well that's a nightmare and that's disgusting I mean can and I feel bad for the mothers then I I mean I, I don't know how old you girls are that are listening and guys but I mean you know if you're of the age where there was no disposable diapers when you were young your mother had to wash out those diapers hang them to dry oh oh God, God, anyway, okay, okay, enough of enough, product of the day is so cool, I don't have it, but um, I read about it, and I'm gonna get it, because I think it's totally worth trying, okay, this, first of all, it's from a website called thegrommet.com, which is amazing, it's like hammock or schlummer, they have a million things on there, thegrommet.com, this is a individual wine filter this is a, okay it's a wine filter that a tiny wine filter that goes inside your wine glass and it removes all the histamines and sulfates from the wine and it's 20 dollars it's 1995 now hear me out i know this sounds like some crazy shit that's like made for tv but here's the thing i don't think it is because i so i i don't drink wine i I drink the occasional spritzer, but that's pathetic because I just, it's really club soda with a splash of wine. Um, but I, I don't drink wine because I, well, one, I'm ridiculously hungover the next day, even if I have one glass. And it makes me blotchy and red and all this stuff. And it's because it has the sulfates. Or that's what people had said to me. They, uh, one time this guy said, if you buy wine from Oregon, it will be sulfate free. I was like, look, guy, I'm Italian. Like, I'm not going to be buying wine from Oregon. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you. But, uh. But, but you know, whatever. Apparently they say that if you uh, are really hungover the next day and you get really bad headaches, it's because of the sulfate. So this little product helps you. They're set, it claims that it helps you avoid the classic hangover symptoms, headaches, congestion, red cheeks, blotchiness, um, and, and this tiny wine filter that takes out the sulfates. They say that it doesn't affect the taste. So listen, it's $20. It's on the grommet. I don't, I don't even think that it has a name. The product has a name. When you go to thegrommet.com, you just type in wine filter. It's supposed to be good. It doesn't do anything to change the taste. It apparently, like, purifies the wine in three minutes. That's what they're saying. I don't know anybody that has this. I literally was on some website, maybe, like, The Cut or I don't know. Just I was on some website earlier in the week, and I saw this, and I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is amazing. 
This is amazing. And it's an amazing stocking stuffer. Stuffer. If you have people that want, like, you know, all the natural stuff or or they have their allergies, but I think that's just pretty great. A little mini wine filter for 20 bucks. Okay. This was great. This was a great podcast. I'm sorry it wasn't, like, you know, sex-filled and all this and, and with scandal, but, you know, I think that we actually had some pretty informative information going on, you know? This week I'm light on shows. I, I was had a show last night in Midtown West. I have another one uh, also in Midtown West on Thursday. But um, but um, I'm working on my June schedule. I'll keep you posted when I get it. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm feeling good. I'm I, I'm feeling great with the performing stuff. And again, thank you for everybody that came out. And quote of the day by no one more fabulous than Tina Fey. Hilarious. Quote: She says, "Say yes." and you'll figure it out later. I love that. Never say no. Say yes, and you'll figure it out later. I'm Elise DeLucci. Thank you for listening to the Elise DeLucci Show. This was episode 65. Share it with your friends. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. You know I read it. I love to love you, baby. Thank you. (laughs) 